Hey y'all, this is Sam. And this is Steven. And this is Crimeology. This is episode 23, and today we have our special guest, Lorsa, with us. Hey guys. Um, so I'm going to apologize now. It We are recording this on 4th of July, so if you still hear fireworks, um, hopefully it's late enough in the night that they will stop in a few minutes, but if you hear explosions, that's what it is. Um but happy 4th of July. Um, and so... To our American folks. Right. Because, sorry. You know, a lot of um, Australia listens. So Canadian. This is know. just another day for you. Um, but this episode is one that is right up Stephen's alley and that Stephen enjoys. Yes. Uh, this is our first kind of prison break episode. Um, so let's just jump right in. This week, we're going to talk about the Mecklenburg Six. Now, I will say, uh, before we get started, this is titled Six People, but I'm not 100% sure who that sixth person is who escapes this prison. In every article I read, it does mention that there were six people who escaped. We know for sure that five of those men were James Briley, Linwood Briley, Lim Tuggle, Earl Clanton, and Derek Peterson. This sixth guy, though, it's never really clear who this person was. A man named Willie Turner is said to be the mastermind behind this case, but some articles say he was the sixth person to escape, but then other articles say he didn't escape, but that he stayed behind at prison. But the same articles that say Nelson stayed behind still mention a sixth man, but they don't say a name. So throwing that out there now that if somebody knows more about this case than I do and they're like, this person was a sixth person, I'm here to say I didn't find it. So covering my tracks now. Um, but sorry for that explosion. That was gigantic. <laughs> Um, these men escaped this correctional center in Virginia on May 31st, 1984. So let's talk about the prison itself. The prison opened in 1976, eight years before this case happened. And so it had just opened up, right? So it's got like the latest tech in there. It's got all of the latest like prison security details in there. And so at this moment, it's claimed to be escape proof. Obviously, we know that was not true. Um, the prison is no longer open. In 2012, it was closed due to a d- decreased number in inmates. Um, but these men were who are a part of this case in particular were all on death row, meaning that they've killed at least one person. So also, you would think specifically with like these kind of people, you'd always be on your A game and like everything would be by the book. But this day was not. Um, so obviously, this starts with like months, even years of planning of prep work, because you have to learn the guard schedules, you have to learn routines, you have to learn how the tech works, how these people get in and out of doors, how to open these doors. So like a lot of prep work is done before this case even really gets started. So how the case starts is there's a group of men outside for their like fitness recess time. 
Willie Turner and another man go up to the guards saying that they want to go inside. Now, the rule or the procedure is that either everyone goes inside or no one goes inside. So normally the boys would be told no and they would have to go wait. But this time, for some reason, the guards say yes. So now you have to have two guards go with these two inmates to be taken inside, which is essentially four eyes away from everybody else in the courtyard. So now, when the rest of the boys' time is up, the remaining guards walk the boys back inside. Now they're in a little area where the next procedure is that the guards are supposed to count heads of the inmates. Instead, what the inmates do is they start pushing and shoving each other, which kind of throws the guards off. And then they just let the boys inside the main cell area without counting them. This gives Earl Clanton time to enter the guard's restroom that's right off of this holding room, and he hides in there. Another question is, why do you have a restroom right in there, like where the inmates are in and out all the time? But I'm not a designer, so I don't know. But that's my first question in this. Not not the biggest um, plus side for a prison, you know, just giving them open access when you're bringing them back inside. It kind of makes me wonder what the two guards that, you know, agreed to take the other two inmates inside. I wonder if it was one of those things like they'd been there for a while and they were right. like buddy buddy with the guards, you know, sometimes you I don't know if that's just like a TV thing or, <laughs> right. if, or if it actually happens in real life. But you're you like, know. yeah, it's just Willie. Willie, yeah. we can go inside. No big deal. He's just murdered like 10 <laughs> right. grandmas or something. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> OK, now we're going to explain the building itself. Um, and how it was set up. So these boys are in building one of the prison. The building is broken up into three blocks. And th- these boys in particular are in block C. Now the blocks themselves are broken into two sections. With a control booth dividing each section. So each door to their block is operated by the guard in the uh, control room. So the inmates know that they have to get control of this control booth for their plan to even start. This is why Earl is hiding in the bathroom. So around 8.40 p.m., there's an inmate, Joe, who goes to the guard in the control room and he gets his attention. And he says, can you deliver this book from him to another man in this second section of the building? So in order for this to happen, the guard in the control room has to leave the control room leave the door the door ajar the door <laughs> sorry <laughs> leave the door ajar head towards where joe is to get the book and then has to walk across this same area that the boys came into from recess time has to walk across and deliver the book to the other side the guy on the other side who the book is being delivered to is james briley who is one of the men who escapes So when the book gets delivered to James, he says something like, thanks for the book, which is the code word or the signal for Earl, who's in the bathroom. And that's his signal to run into the control room. So when he goes in there, he unlocks all of the doors in this building, which then leads to the inmates taking all of the guards as prisoners. So the only defense these guards had in the first place were nightsticks. So... I mean, I've never been hit by a nightstick. I assume it would hurt. Yeah. But 
with the amount of stuff we have nowadays, a nightstick is like nothing. So you're like, here are these murderers, this guy who killed 10 grandmas, here's a nightstick. <laughs> so that's the nether, that's the second part that I'm like, who was in control here? Like, yeah. who was in charge? <laughs> Seriously, and you know those inmates, like recess time, they have those weights out there. They're like bulky. Yeah, if he opened all of the doors, which... In my head, I'm, like, picturing a scramble for him looking for the correct button. Because, you, right. you know, you wouldn't think that he would just automatically know, like, oh, this one opens right. every single cell door that we have in this building. But, I mean, yeah, those poor guards. Because you, surely there's never, it's not like a one-to-one ratio. Like, right. I'm sure it's more like a one-to-five or more ratio right. on guards to inmates. And so, <gasps> I just feel bad for them and their nightsticks versus these men. Right. <laughs> So, obviously, the guards get these nightsticks. The inmates also made all of the guards undress from their uniforms so that the inmates could put them on. So, then they release, um, then they realize that some people in other areas of the prison of authority, they should probably try to overtake them as well. So, now, Joe is in the control room. And they have Joe call out to other people in the other buildings of the prison and basically says, like, hey, we need help so that the people of authority will come into their block of the prison. Basically, like, as many people as you can get in your block and control of and take prisoner works in your favor uh, because then they're not where you need to get to leave you know what i'm saying yeah and it definitely makes you know and this is typically what you see like in the tv or movie shows like oh yeah we need help over here and then like right. they just end up like trapping them all in one spot and then it's just like zoop, clean right. escape right so now the boys have control of their building but they have to get control of the main control room of the whole prison so this is where and in this main prison control room is where they have access to literally everything so they know that they have to get access to this one as well the guard in this main control room gets a call from her supervisor who was actually being held hostage by the inmates and he tells her that he is having another guard come relieve her so obviously this is her boss so she doesn't like she's not like it's not my bathroom break like she's like okay that works i love breaks and so like she doesn't think anything of it but also the fact that like i mean i get it it's a prison so you you probably have like a one to five ratio so there's probably a million people who work there but the fact that you're just like here you go here's the keys you have a uniform which i guess i don't blame her but that's just also wild that you don't know who you're working with yeah and also it's just kind of like i want to know what the inmates did to this boss that made him right. call her and like not give a secret code word or right. anything that, that too was, like, i didn't even think her. about that or security cameras like i i just want to i mean i don't know you know when those were like instated into prisons but th- like was there not somebody in this main control room that could see on camera like oh hey oh hey there's like that's a hostage normal. that's i don't think that's what we normally do here but... i didn't even think about it uh, like a code word i yeah. in high, unfortunately like in our high school like there was we knew that if somebody come on the intercom and said this code word like that was an intruder was in the building so i didn't even think about like the fact that you could have just said 
I like pineapple. And she's like, pineapple, pineapple. Got it. Got it. You know? And then like, it's like, obviously didn't even think about that. Well, and you also got a, a, I'm just going to be playing just the whole TV and movie side. You know, there's always the, the one guard and for whatever reason, national treasure comes to mind where they switch over the camera feeds and he just like, he looks away for a second and then it does the little screen flicker and then he looks back at it and oh nothing's wrong right so i mean i have no idea how it would actually happen but i could see it happening where the the guards like either out on his break or just like definitely not paying attention right so but i'm either way either way so derek and earl are the ones who go down to this main control room and all they do to this guard is basically lock her in a closet so now they have the same lieutenant call for a van to go to kind of this open sally port saying that there is a bomb in the building. So now that they have control of both control rooms, Joe volunteers to stay behind and unlock all of the doors for them while they go to this main control room. Now this is where the story with Willie kind of comes up in different articles it said that at this time that willie also volunteers to stay behind and watch the guards that they have as prisoner because he has an appeal coming up but again i'm not 100 sure so putting that out there too so james grabs a tv on his way out through the doors and they use this as their prop bomb which is the ultimate thing that helps them escape from this prison So they put all of this riot gear on so that way that their faces are hidden and they get control of the main control room where another guy volunteers to stay in the control room and open all of the doors for them to this sally port. So they cover the TV with a blanket and put it on a stretcher. They then blow a fire extinguisher on the TV so that it makes it look like it's smoking. So the prisoners also did their job with this bomb because they, months before doing this, they would drop hints to uh, the guards and they would be like, I heard somebody's building a bomb. You know, Johnny heard somebody's building a bomb. So that's what makes this idea of this bomb so realistic is because the rumor of a bomb had been going around through the prison. So, which is why the guard who drives the van up right to the inmates, like, doesn't hesitate to run when he sees this these men coming out with this smoking box. So they're like, he's like, okay, bye. Yeah, he's like, man, okay, this person was not capping today. It's like, it's true. <laughs> run. Um, but it's also just, like, the fact that you said they put riot gear on, like, makes me understand that they had that in the prison right and i just want to know why they would have had like a random room with riot gear but we're only equipping their guards with nightsticks and then it's like (laughs) and then i think of like why are you letting your inmates see all of this exactly like how did they i mean i'm just saying they had to have been really good friends with a guard like i don't know how long any of these men were in prison because i didn't do prior research to this case but somebody was friends with a guard that was able to find all of this stuff out. Right. And I'm just, keep up. Like, you got to be on your A game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, at 10.47 p.m. is the last time this van is seen leaving the prison. Now, Earl and Derek were caught hours after their escape happened as they were trying to cross the state line. 
Lim was found a week later in Vermont on his way to Canada. And this is where in articles that say that Willie did escape, they said that Willie was with him when he was caught. But in the articles that say that Willie stayed at the prison, they said that the sixth person was found, but they never name him. So throwing that out there too, that he was with this mysterious sixth man. And then James and Linwood were captured 20 days after their prison break in Philadelphia, not far from their uncle's house. Okay, but how are you going to be smart enough to go through and plan a prison break, escape, and then get caught like fire hours thinking, right. thinking that, oh, they'll never look there. Like, I'm just going to run to my family's house up the street and nobody will think to look for me there. I think we watched a movie recently where a husband tries to bail his wife out of prison, but she they realize that, like, you've got to have money because you've got to get the heck out of Dodge. Yeah. So, like, I get it that you escape and you're like, I don't have any money. Like, I don't have anything to help me. But my first thing is get the heck out of Dodge. So the fact that you're caught, just the luck of being caught hours after you escape. You plan this great escape and it works. And then just for you to get caught hours later, like, just your luck, dude. That sucks. But it's also odd that they weren't all caught together because then you have to think about like if so like Earl and Derek if they were caught hours trying to cross the state line but then James and Lidwood were captured 20 days later in a completely different state like right somebody from the outside must have also known that these people were escaping and going to be coming their direction or maybe even sending them money for help for like train tickets or something and so then you start to wonder were the guards, like, were the inmates getting mail? Like, do, do, did the prison read the mail that was coming into the inmates and going out from the inmates? Because I know at some higher security places that happens. But I don't know. That's just kind of interesting to me that they weren't all just caught as a group. And even and, as visitation times. Like, are you not eavesdropping on conversations yeah. <laughs> to hear them say, we're getting out of here. You know, yeah. here's the plan. And it, there's just a lot of questions that I'm like, these are murderers. Like, I feel like I would be on my A game every single day. And I mean, again, like this prison's open for eight years, which doesn't mean like all of these guards started eight years ago. They could have been on the service for 30 years. So they're like, just another day. Yeah. But I'm like, <laughs> uh, just the questions. I'm like, well, yep, of course, this would happen if you let them do all of this. I feel like prison escapes happen so much more frequently than what I feel like they do oh yeah and I don't I don't know like how they occur or what goes on but the planning that it takes like it's just one of those things I don't really like if you're planning a big event it's hard to keep a surprise party like a secret in your friend group and like you're telling me that these inmates figured out a way to keep their escape plan like from hundreds of guards. <laughs> right. Right. From all of these people. I I don't know. It just blows my mind. Smartman. I, I was trying to look for cases that are right up Stevens Alley. And so I looked up bank heist or prison breaks and things like that. And it was uh can I use the word amazing to say how many prison breaks like came up? Yes. So like the fact yes, that Yes you can. <laughs> so like the fact that this is like such like a reoccurring thing blew my mind 
Um, but I guess when you're in prison, you only get, you know, of course, I only know based on movies, but like you only get like an hour of recess time. So the rest of the time you're in your cell watching the guards. So I guess, you know, after you're in prison for eight years, you kind of learn the system. So I guess at that point, it wouldn't be hard to try to create a plan. I also wonder, like, if these men went straight into death row, like you said, like they were on death row, all five or six of these Mm -hmm. men. And I feel like those inmates would be kept in a separate section of the prison almost. So I wonder if at any point, like when they were coming in from recess and started like kind of fighting and shoving everyone I wonder if the other inmates had any inclination to what was going on or if it was just one of those like oh hey like we're all fighting (laughs) let's jump on it right everybody fight each other like or if they were all like we knew that these guys were trying to escape and were helping them I right I don't know but I feel like if they were on death row like they would be kind of a little bit more isolated or watched a little bit right carefully I'm that's like the whole I, I I will say that I think this like in their block how their part of the prison was broken up into two parts I will say that I think these two parts were all of the people in there were on death row so that's a whole nother thing it's like you've got these two buildings of death ro- murderers and you're just <laughs> casually like yeah Willie and him can go inside just yeah go ahead and I'm yeah. like specifically in this area with these people like you cannot let your a-game down but <laughs> I mean and I also did you did you see anywhere did they get sent back to this prison after they were caught oh I didn't do all of that digging yeah I'm gonna look into that because I I would be interested to know like if the state or federal throw them back in there yeah they were like okay you're just gonna go back have to the another same place go you've already <laughs> escaped so let's see if you can do it again right right but yeah that's the um that's episode 23 so I hope Stephen liked it yes Sam this was a great one first trip I hope I hope there I really do hope there's more prison breaks because I'm telling you prison breaks bank robberies it's it's the perfect crimes i will say this one did make me like think more or like i guess think more about you know you put yourself in the mind of a inmate and you're like you really did have to learn all of this stuff before you could even think about a crime so like it was more fascinating than just a murder (laughs) can't believe i'm saying that um <laughs> I'm, i've converted you over to the to the better side but this one was really interesting to look into and think about from like the inmates perspective so many prison breaks to come after this one uh but that was episode 23 so we're going to take a break talk about our sponsor for this episode and we'll come back with our florida man minute all right now we are going to continue with our florida man minute this is our segment where we Google a random date along with the words Florida man and we sit back and Google at what Stephen finds. So with this being uh, July 4th here in the United States, I had to, for this one, do a July 4th uh, Florida man. So um, let's see. The, the question this week, it's going to be a, kind of a two-parter. 
if you can pl- or if you play an instrument, what is it? But if there's an instrument that you like would want to play, what would it be? Sam, I'm going to go to you first and we'll go to Lorsa. I can play the clarinet. <laughs> no nerd. Nerd. <laughs> um but I would I know a little bit of guitar. I wish I played I wish I stayed with guitar, but I wish I knew how to play piano. I also know how to play clarinet. Me. Um, nerd gang Sam. Um, but I also took piano lessons for multiple years as a kid, so I can somewhat recall how to play piano. I think overall, if there was an instrument I could play above the ones that I know, hmm, I, okay, don't, don't judge me too hard here, Steven. But I honestly think it would be so much fun to learn how to play like a harp or I a violin. Knew you were gonna say the harp. I don't know. I just think a harp would be th- my dream instrument. I'll put it that way. I knew you were gonna say harp. It would be so cool. Well, okay. Hmm. Not not the answers I was expecting from from you. That now the guitar, Sam. I kind of figured that that's how you might go that way. Yeah. But here we go. So the headline goes like this. Florida man arrested after playing national anthem on July 4th. Interesting. The ultimate irony right here. Uh, a Florida man was arrested after playing a guitar rendition of the national anthem on July 4th. Lane Pittman, 22, uh, told the TV station that he was playing electric guitar in front of his friend's house on Neptune Beach when a police officer told him to move out of the street. Uh, Pittman says an officer gave him permission to continue playing on the sidewalk but the Neptune Beach Police Department denies that. And of course, uh, he was Pittman was decked out in American flag apparel as he wailed out a version of the Star Spangled Banner that drew a crowd of about 200 people. Wow. So, I watched the YouTube video on this and and when we link it in our in, in the episode, um, there's a link to go watch that YouTube video. It's pretty wild. I mean, it looks like he's playing for a like a like a legit concert there that's pretty yeah, cool you were playing it and i i mean obviously at the time i didn't know what you were playing but like he it wasn't even like i mean it sounded good it wasn't even like he was playing it bad interesting so just because he wouldn't get out of the street is why he was arrested that's kind of what i've kind of what i've gathered so um so ended up he ended up being cuffed and charged with breach of peace which i've uh. never heard of that one before so but um, officers told the TV station that the crowd turned hostile, and the only way to stop it was to remove Pittman from the location. Pittman, however, says the crowd was peaceful up until his arrest. Free my man Pittman. No. <laughs> free, free, free Pittman. Pittman. Put it on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> he was just trying to jam out on July 4th. Happy birthday, America. And gets sent to prison. So... Free my man Pittman. So yeah, that's our next shirt. But so anyway, uh, if you if you click on that link on the YouTube one, he actually has it in his, uh, like the description of the video that he put. He the first line is, "I fought the law and I won." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's great." So it's a little bit shorter this week. It's you know we're um, 
Sam said we're recording this on 4th of July, so it's going to be a quick turnaround. So it's going to be a semi-quick episode here. And of course, at the very end of our episode is when everybody has stopped blowing stuff up. So again, sorry that you have to deal with the random explosions. This week was crazy for both of us, so schedules just couldn't line up for us to meet during the week like we normally do. Um, So it's one of those that... Sunday afternoon, we're like, hey, we've got to record today. Um, and here we are, almost 11 o'clock. Exhausted, but we're pushing here through. Here we go. <laughs> but wait, I have one more question. And it just, I just have to. What was the worst part about prison? <laughs> the Dementas. Okay, sorry, that's my office quote of the day. <laughs> I rolled my eyes so hard. <laughs> As I'm wearing my red, Dwight, and blue shirt. So please get all of our office references that come through this episode. <laughs> the nerd train with me and Larissa, but the nerd train with Steven and Larissa. Listen, I don't even know. We were watching Office yesterday, Sam, you were over here too. And there were, I can't remember what episode it was, but we all just, there was something, we all just busted up laughing. I go, Yes, I've converted all these people to office. God, office oh, fanatic. I don't even know if Sam, you're not a fanatic quite like me no. and Lorsa are. It's literally half of our conversations between me and Lorsa are like office just quotes and lines or I mean literally we communicate in the office references. I have it tattooed on my arm. I have a Michael Scott quote. So if you ever see me, it's not some, um, it's the, you have no idea how high I can fly. (laughs) So it's not because I'm like self-conscious in any way. It's just the (laughs) fact that it's the office and I love that scene with all my heart. So, Uh, All right. Well, that's a great way to exit out episode 23. Happy 4th of July, everybody. Um. But yeah, so thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for continuously showing us support. If you have um, a crime genre that we haven't done before that you're interested in, uh, you can let us know on all of our social medias at CrimeologyPod or send us an email at CrimeologyPod at gmail.com. Maybe your crime genre of choice would be our new favorite, just like prison breaks are. but yeah, follow us on social medias. Um, give us five stars on Apple. Do all of the things. Um, and like always, my name is Sam. This is Steven. And go tell Sam happy late birthday. Oh, man. We almost made it. <laughs> July 3rd, baby. <laughs> and then we have Lorsa. Yes, this is Lorsa signing <laughs> off again. I, I completely butchered this ending. I finally hijacked an ending, Sam. I'm so happy about this. Oh, Lord have mercy. All right, this is episode 23. Thank you guys so much for listening to this hot mess. And, this, and this is Crimeology. Crimeology. <laughs>